everybody wants to be a part of the culture until it's time to be diverse, equitable, and inclusive. So we're having the uncomfortable conversations needed to spark the change right here, right now. We're your hosts, Ty Devereaux Lawson. And I'm Simeon Coker. And we say all the things you wouldn't. Welcome back to the Mixed Company Podcast. All right, three, two, one. Y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Mixed Company Podcast. I am so excited for this episode because you're going to get you're going to get a level of Mixed Company Podcast you may not have had in a while. Um, and that's because it is today for us. I don't know when you're listening to it, when you're looking at this or whatever the fuck. It is February 1st. It is literally the first day of Black History Month. And we are coming to you live with a dose of black joy and caffeine, which means that we've got the influencer, the social media executive, the 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 preferred podcast from for millennial and Gen Z people of color in the industry, and, and also and on the internet. Gen X. Oh, and Gen and Gen X. You got Gen X too. You got Gen X. Oh, we, we got, I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe my nephews and, and nieces are listening, but who knows, you know? So, well, Gen yeah. X will be your uncles and your aunties. Oh, is it? See, look, I'm even off. Look at me, not even knowing my target audience. No, yeah. Adu said, I just be here. I just be here. I am I am here for it all. Um, We've got Adu, Adu with us, Adu, Adir, Adoe, uh, a dose of black joy and caffeine. And so that means that it's going to be really live and funny. And, and, and the energy, if you have not had no coffee, chow, a shot of tequila, chow, uh, even a Coca-Cola can, maybe this is not the episode for you to start your day with. But if you have, yeah. you're on board. Adu, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing good. You know, it's good to be here. Um, <clears throat> you know, um, <clears throat> Excuse me, a little. You know little why you hard. sick? Because you got your arms out in the a middle of February. No. That's why you sick. <laughs> is, I mean, this is just a, it's just a, sh- you know, I feel That's like. It's no pneumonia matter, weather. It's pneumonia like weather and you're playing. <laughs> I feel like no matter what I put on, y'all would come. No, I'm doing, um, I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. It's nice just to, um, I feel like, have a bit of just a, a chill season and to be able to, you know, focus and prioritize on family as well as, uh, you know, relationship and, and nature. So I'm super just, um, yeah, this is, this is good. And also too, it's good to see y'all faces um, because, you know, we talk about joy, but yeah, y'all bring so much joy to everyone. So thank you for having me. I'm glad you feel that way. I know there's a lot of people that don't feel that way. So I'm glad. You're speaking on behalf of the great minority. Yeah, that, was, that was a dose of adulting. I that like it. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I mean, you know, I always even say that, like, you know, even with the podcast, um, I always say, you know, mix company walk so that we can run, you know? I mean, y'all hmm. have- Adu been- said we slow, Simeon. That's what I heard. He no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that y'all have been doing this for like close to nine to 10 years. And so that is, you know, that is beautiful. And yeah, I really, I really do like that. So shout out to y'all for sure. Thank you so much. Simeon, how are you feeling over there, friend? We over um, here with our bad knees and our millennial age moving slow. How you, how are you thriving? Are you surviving? The sun came out for like an hour this morning, which we needed. Oh, my God. So speaking about adulting, I want you to know that's the first thing I realized this morning. Like, I saw the sunrise. First of all, I am at the age where I be up naturally at the time the sun be coming up. But <laughs> up long enough to be like it feels lighter in here and I opened the window and I caught the sunrise and it was absolutely beautiful with whatever those clouds are called the stratus clouds or whatever and the sun was peeking through and it was a little bit pink it was a little bit orange it's a little bit sexy I was like it's gonna be a good day and then I realized we were recording with a deuce I was like oh it's a sign it's a whole sign it's beautiful you have to love nature one of my favorite creators just the earth. Hmm. Yeah. 
don't think people realize how earthy I am, but I'm pretty like I'm I'm on the internet a lot. And I think doing the podcast that like I'm a nature boy at heart. Like I will be out there. I have camped by myself. Um, so yeah, I I love, love, love nature. You Very, uh, California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Outside. outside. And actually the first time, the first time that I did it was I was auditioning to be on Survivor. And that's one of the tasks <laughs> that they give you. Bye. Yeah. That's one of the tasks that they give you is that they give you a camera and they tell you to go out there. They want to see you in nature. So um, this was like 2014, maybe 2013. Blair Witch. 10 years ago? <clears throat> yeah. Wow. And then all those years later, yeah, I had the casting director had remembered me. Um, and then I ended up being on The Weakest Link. So, yeah. Wait, what? I had a joke for that too, but I'm gonna keep it to myself. <laughs> Let it out! Come on, I love it. Let it out! Let it out! You got, ma you got material for days, baby. <laughs> days. Adu, you are a whole celebrity, so we are so excited to be able to talk to you about your own podcast, your own journey, creating an audience, and creating safe spaces and conversations for. Those of us in the industry, I guess I can't say coming up in the industry anymore, but those behind you reaching back and as you rise up. So we're going to get into it. It's our favorite portion of our conversation on Mixed Company. It's dope shit or ain't shit. And this is where, as everyone knows who's listened before, but if this is your first time, this is where we talk about all of the current events, but we categorize them correctly. If it's dope shit, there's a lot of dope shit that happens in the world. But also, if you've lived this side of 2020, you know it's a whole lot of ain't shit happening too that needs to be addressed, especially in the media, marketing, entertainment, and creative spaces. And so this is where we get to let it all out. Simeon, I'm actually going to throw it to you because I need to get my mind right for mine. So, Well, I I'm, I'm prepared. I have a dope shit. Uh, my dope shit is Origin by Ava DuVernay. Um... I saw it a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to say that it was probably one of the best films I've seen in like five years. Um, I had a little thug tear moment. It was it was really fucking good. It was really good. And for those who don't know, it's about the story of the book cast uh, by Isabel Wilkerson. And I thought that Ava did a really interesting and dope job of telling the story of that book without it feeling like um without it feeling boring um and so i just recommend for everybody to go see it because it's about the racial caste system in america but also all over the world how basically you know people set up other people set up other people to fail by positioning themselves as more superior so that is my dope shit i think everybody should go see it while it's still in the theaters and F the Academy Awards for not giving Ava DuVernay all of the nominations. Here's the thing about that. I think that I haven't seen it yet. It's on my list for Black History Month, as well as a few other things that I have seen in the media that I need to see. Um, but I think what is going to happen, and I, and I love that I feel that Ava DuVernay is actually a little bit comfortable with this, when, when you are moving forward independently and you know you don't have big backing behind you, um, she understands, I think that she understands the power of her audience and her community and the influence she has. And so while it may not necessarily garner the same influence during this immediate award season, during this initial release, what we do know for sure is when folks in her audience, I can't just say Black people because I know a lot of people that support her ever so, so strongly. If you're an Ava DuVernay supporter, you're going to go watch this. And yeah. so this film, I 100% believe, is going to get the attention it deserves over maybe a longer period of time. It'll get the views. It'll get the money. It'll get the critical acclaim that it deserves over time it's just for those of us and I say us very specifically who are used to building on our own we don't always get the flashy roll roll rolled out red carpet up front but sis have been there done that like I'm cool just kind of being the chick with the badass bomb ass film 
in the back pocket. So when y'all bored again in a couple months, you will come check me out. And I can't wait to be one of those people, but also to see how we talk about this film a year, five years, 10 years from now. Yeah, I, I have not seen the film, but it yeah, is. Look at us. Look at this Black History Month. Just regular. We ain't seen it, but I know. I have not seen it. No, because also, also too, I, I just got real comfortable and I'm going to support it, like definitely streaming and I'll rent it as soon as it's available. But I just got so comfortable being at home watching these movies because, you know, I no longer have to sneak in Popeye's. I could just bring it to my house now. You wear your but, arms out at home. You don't have to dress up for nobody but yourself. <laughs> you know, right. Me, me and my boo. That's all we need to do. But I think what I'm what I think um, the Academy has a history of awarding certain roles as well yeah. as movies when it comes to black people. And I have not seen that movie, but from the emotion um, that so many people talk about with that movie, like you talk about you shedding the thug tear and other people talking about like the soundtrack and this this like nice, um, this like delicate feeling with the movie with it still being emotional. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's just hard for those voting members to understand that. So, um, oh yeah, I can't really see it, but I don't, I don't place any value on the Oscars or the Academy Awards at mm -hmm. all. And also, the the content that we're speaking about too. That's it's not comfortable for these people. We know it's an election year. <laughs> we don't know nobody want to acknowledge that they understand and take part in caste systems. And how dare she come out here? rubbing it in our noses so well, well counter 12 years of slave did win but there was this to your point dude there was a very specific narrative that was the narrative he was still a slave was in the title yeah and i'm not saying that i watched i went i went and watched slave made if you're not down and out a lot of cases as a black person you're not getting an oscar an academic talking about the caste system and drawing lines between through all caste systems globally and through history. That what do you, what do you mean? What <laughs> so I I can't wait to watch it. Hopefully the next episode that we record, which should be around football, um around football, around Super Bowl, um, I, I would have watched it, but we can go on and talk about the tropes that people love to put us in all day long. Um but shout out to her. Simeon, I'm glad that you've led the charge for the Black folks on this call today uh, to be the first to see it, the pioneer of cast. And, uh, <laughs> but Simeon, you also read the book too, right? Or okay, Look at you putting people on. Look at you putting people on blast. I'm going to come over here and read a damn book. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. That was my answer. <laughs> all right i'm gonna dive in and what's interesting is i've been going back and forth for a couple days trying to figure out what i wanted to talk about right i kind of wanted to talk about how you know hot take i think it's bullshit that we're not giving america uh, america uh ferrera her flowers for her oscar nomination in the light of you know margot robbie and and greta greta not getting their Oscar nods, recognizing that like the whole idea of Barbie and Ken. I think that is a very complex conversation and that I think needs its due justice and maybe we'll do an episode on it on another day. Um, but I'm not gonna talk about that. Then I was gonna talk about how I thought the new Uber Eats commercial was the dopest shit that I've seen with Victoria Beckham and David Beckham and how I think the timing of it was so wonderfully like executed because sometimes in advertising, we don't hit, we don't strike while the iron is hot when it comes to pop culture. And that was just epic, 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 epic. But I'm not. What I'm going to talk about, because today, February 1st, Thursday of two, 2024, the New York Times and the Shade Room, of course, have bestowed upon my phone the fact that Universal Music Group has removed their music from TikTok. Sis said, y'all not about to be out here not making all of this money. Got your producer all in the videos and you not sharing nothing with me. We're keeping our music at death row. Mm. And here's why I want to talk about it. So I don't necessarily think that it's dope shit, nor do I actually believe that it's ain't shit. But I do think that it is some shit and I'm going to tell y'all <laughs> why. I'm going to tell y'all why. Here's the thing. TikTok 
has the, the, the TikTok craze and how most people came to know TikTok and get comfortable with TikTok was when we were in the midst of the pandemic and being in the midst of the pandemic and needing a way to build community, to find activity, to find some fun. Folks found their voice and their footing by and and candidly grew their music by utilizing social media. It's become one of the primary sources of social media that most media plans in advertising utilize, completely over, overshadowing, unfortunately, the utility that a Snapchat would bring because the audiences were all built on TikTok. Boom. That's great. The problem here is it's a chicken and an egg conversation. The music that folks are bringing in, they're getting tons of spins. Like you can't even break music on radio anymore the way you used to. I used to love radio. I think anybody that's from the Philadelphia area, you know what I mean when we talk about how much we love radio. You don't oh, no, in Atlanta too, for sure. V1 shout out to V103 by the way. We're talking about Philly. Hold on. You're not going to all lives matter. My radio. Is not do that. No, we're not. Radio, we have to talk about New York because oh. radio programming <laughs> is a known fact has the best radio programming on your hot. That's my word. They didn't break mute. See, that's a whole other conversation. Hot 97 <laughs> did not break all of the music. Hot 97 played New York music, which set the taste. That's not the same as curating a set list for all for all day parts. Anyway, I say all this to say you don't break music on the radio anymore. Going to Atlanta, Adu, you don't break hip-hop records and the strip club anymore, which actually was something widely done in Miami and Atlanta. And all of a sudden, we found this new way to break a new artist, to make a stack of money, and to build whole personalities and, and communities on TikTok. So then there became this interwoven activity between the music industry and TikTok, very similarly to how people were using MySpace back in the, I think they're calling it the early aughts now. MySpace really? music was kind, was, was kind of like the, the early yeah. way of bringing in music. So boom, here comes Universal Music who, no, they weren't making the most money off of TikTok, but they were able to break some of their biggest selling records and yeah. artists, newer artists off of TikTok. Yeah. So now Sis is like, thank you for all of the exposure, which the three of us on this call can understand. How many times have people said, I can't pay you, but I can give you some exposure. Universal took a page out of the Black History Month book and said, I don't need your exposure anymore. I'm big on my own. I've been the biggest, baddest bitch in the entire world forever. As we know that they have Def Jam, they have Universal, they have tons of other record labels within this group. And they said, if you don't pay me what you owe, shout out to the Boondocks and Riley and them. If you don't pay me what you owe, I'm coming for you and I'm taking my music off. TikTok said, boom, baby, wait a minute. I don't give a book what you talking about. We are <laughs> we are sexy. We are bad. We are the baddies of the East. Like you can't just take your music off and we're not paying you more. And so Universal said, you keep playing with me. You keep playing with me and I'm going to show you something. And today on Thursday, Universal has shown them something. Now, here's what's funny about this. This isn't the first time that Universal has actually gone after a social media platform for misusing the rights to their music and making more money off of it than they are. And inherently, so are their artists. Back in 2008, um, actually, this is Warner. Warner Music, actually, back in 2008, pulled thousands of music videos from YouTube. Now, as we know, when we're talking about engagement, you want to engage, you got to have some music on there, you've got to have really good content, and you've got to be able to keep people entertained. And that actually lasted for a nine-month standoff before YouTube was like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You got me. How much you want? This is what we're coming off of. And they were able to negotiate. What I do think is not shit is that the music industry, I find 
tends to be very slow in understanding how to use marketing and, and understand how marketing actually does impact their artists and how important it is to get to stay ahead of the curve and utilizing multiple areas and platforms of um, social engagement to push your artists. So they're kind of stuck in this space where right now TikTok is it. TikTok is doing what it has to do. But I also think that TikTok is going to be learning a little bit of a lesson here because the reality of the situation is the music industry, the 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 biggest narrative that we've had, at least since Napster, has been people not getting paid for their music. And so I do think that there needs to be some sort of intersection between, all right, music industry, y'all need to understand, you can't just be assuming that, you know, this is baby shit and we're just playing with little toys. And social media platforms need to understand if you're monetizing at all off of anyone's creativity, performer, uh, um, performer, educator, whatever, musician, people do need to make their money. And saying, I'm just going to give you exposure and everybody in the world is going to see you does not make the price of eggs go cheaper, does mm -hmm. not make my mortgage more affordable and is not helping the interest rates. And so I just need everybody to understand their part in this really shitty economy right now and give me my music back on TikTok. Somebody needs to sign it. <laughs> yeah, That's no, definitely. I mean, right. I think it, so it sounds like we're on the peak of a, I don't want to call it, and I'm definitely not leading it, but a music- Yes, you are. I mean, no, no, you know, I don't, no, no, no. I ain't, listen, I don't know. I'm going to lead it on the, uh, I'm going to lead it on. But no, I say all that just to say that, like, I even saw that, that, uh, that visual on, I think it was on Instagram about how much each streaming company um, was paying artists. I don't know if you all saw that, but it was like mm -hmm. going viral. And so I do think that, I don't know, maybe there's a conversation happening now about, you know, compensation, and that's the next. I mean, we came off of a you know actor strike, writer strike, music strike. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a tough time. Folks want to get paid. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> once the cost of eggs went up, it was no holds barred. Everybody, yeah. Everybody is looking under Everyone, rocks. Yeah, so it, Everybody wants their money. It's about yeah. to get very, very, very real. Well, hopefully, I'm, they I'm figure excited. it out because people be dancing to silent films until they get their music back. <laughs> Not silent. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the renegade to silent shit. <laughs> oh shit. Maybe uh, that'll well, be go ahead and do. Yeah, I mean, I mine is also music related too. So I think that we could come up with that. Um and so I I um I think it's it's not it's not um it's not ish like you know it's not it's not totally bad um but I think it, it falls in that pile. How do you separate the two again? What Who is ain't it? shit a do? Who we saying that <laughs> shit? <laughs> What's their name? Who did it? You love this, y'all love this. Let me tell y'all something. They they want me to be so. <laughs> y'all are loving this because y'all know I don't. Y'all know okay. Um so. Um, I, I, I think, uh, I, I had to, I had to, you know, I, I know, yikes, I'm going to, maybe my podcast may get canceled and I don't want any of the barbs to come. Don't lose no endorsements. I, I just told you eggs are expensive. No, I'm just saying, uh, Nicki Minaj with Bigfoot. Uh, I had to, uh, I had to just bring it up only because not, I think music aside, I think someone that is a creative and loves to push out content, I think that it's a great lesson in just how you should be pushing out any creative project that you have and still being intentional about it. And I think that so often as creatives, it's that mix of emotion that we have with the work that we're doing and also execution. But, you know, Carol H. Williams always told me something. She said, don't ever let your emotion take over the execution because once you do, things don't turn out how you would like them to. Um, and I think that that's just what I was kind of witnessing by viewing that. If I look at the two difference, not even comparing the artists, because I think that Meg Thee Stallion and Nicki Minaj are both great. But as I just kind of sat there and took in the content, I just had to take a step back and just think to myself, I don't know if this was the best way. So I that, that was what came to mind uh, with me. 
um, is just that whole Bigfoot album and track lyrically and I think the rollout and also to what she was trying to achieve. Certainly an amazing music artist for sure, but um, from a creative standpoint, you cannot let your emotions take over your creative um, executions. You just can't. So what I heard is you said that Nicki Minaj and the Barb's ain't shit. Not us. <laughs> Don't dox us. That was just and, yes, and, and also too. Um, I do want. He's a. He is a. Uh, no. Golden no. State, a, 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 a Golden State Warriors fan. <laughs> I am. Shout out to the Warriors. Head. Yes. Shout out to shout out to Draymond. Uh, but also to uh, Shannon Washington also has a great TikTok video on it as well, where I was like, she captured everything that I was thinking because I couldn't even put it into words. But I was just like, like, what is? It's just like you see the creative before happening. So shout out to Shannon Washington too. Check out her TikTok video because she breaks it down very well. But um, that was just wild, especially coming off of a great album release. So yeah, it's it, it's so funny you say that, right? And for those of you that don't know, two of hip hop's and and so hip hop is having a revolution and or renaissance, if you will, in terms of the majority of of rappers who are getting the most shine and also who are putting out the most solid projects right now are women rappers or women MCs. And that is completely new for the genre that is literally made, made by men, paid for by men and sustained by men. And all of a sudden, I don't know, I guess a lot of dudes lost both their minds and their creativity over the last few years. And that kind of opened the door for these phenomenal lady MCs to come to the table. And so we have Nicki Minaj, who's been in the game since my days back at the real HU, Howard University, HU, you know. Um, and, you know, I remember listening to Nicki's first mixtape back in 2007 and just completely being astonished by how powerful, how forceful, yet how playful and how much animation and creativity that she brought to the table. And then you have Megan Thee Stallion, who has over the last, I, I would say, maybe four to five, five years, has mm -hmm. kind of established her own base, created this whole Southern, uh, Southern approach to strong, formidable lady rap that talks about all things from her personal life to also her sexuality and her empowerment as a woman and really just being, you know, two, two sides of the same coin with different personalities and coming from different generations. And, you know, it is what it is. Sisses are not, they are not getting along right now. Okay. I don't know where the beef came from. According to Meg on her freestyle, she doesn't know where where the beef is coming from either. But she said, if we're going to take it there, sis, I'm going to take it far. And she did. <laughs> and she may have released, I I don't know that I would say it is as great as an ether yet, but I think it is definitely in the vein of one of the better diss tracks that I have heard. And it was very well produced. It was very well planned. There is a whole media rollout that is inclusive of Good Morning America. That I think there was a a a, a Breakfast Club show, and was yeah. she Tamron Hall or is that coming up? Some she been on TV, radio, yeah. media, everything promoting this track. And I think Adu, you are spot on when you say your emotions cannot overtake your creativity <laughs> because you will gas yourself up as one of the strongest lyricists, period, male or female, to yeah. come at, at a very strongly well-produced, well-rolled-out diss track to then say, I got one better for you. Big foot, little foot. One foot, <laughs> foot. You better get on your good foot. <laughs> yeah. Not very super ugly. Like, it, uh, Yes, very super ugly. It was very emotional. Like, you could have kept that. And, yeah, and, yeah. And this is what I think, like, even creatives, and I think this is that's a good point. Like, even in our industry, a lot of people want to lean on their merit. They want to lean on their talent to carry them. And sometimes talent isn't enough. Strategy is a huge, is a huge tool and resource in our business. 
that you have to lean on as well. Because what we say before we started this, Adu, if you're going to take a shot, you better make sure you don't miss. Because if you miss that shot, they're going to say, can't say the word in my head. They're going to say that you're weak. That's the better way to say it. They're going to call you weak. They're going to say that you're not strong. They're going to forget you have talent and they're going, and you're only as, as great as your, yep. as your weakest link. You know that. Um, yeah. And so. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he know that? <laughs> Everyone's welcome. Come on, come on, Sim. Wake up. Keep up, keep up Simeon. Keep up. Yeah. That was good. That was weakest. good your weakest link and your and your weakest rhyme and your weakest piece of creative and so if it's not strong it's better to not release it and also not have a meltdown for 72 hours on the internet yeah. but definitely better to, to not release it than to try to be like at least i'm in the game there are no secondary second second place participates participation in this game Especially yeah. not a meltdown in 2024 because that they're never ever going to forget that she's a meme forever forever that's why she didn't show her face <laughs> it's just not yeah I, I just didn't think it meant it so so yeah so that was that was mine on there and i i do have an honorable mention but we don't have to talk about it it's just an honorable because it's not often that i get to you know say stuff ain't ish you know so i was well, like who else saying shit who else is gonna well, dox you Keep well going. this is actually just an entire brand and movement and i apologize if either one of you have any but i just Stanley Cup. That was the only honorable mention. Like Stanley, the Stanley Cup stuff. I'm just like, is that what you're drinking out of right now, Simi? Oh yeah, is it? That is what he's drinking out of. No, I'm messing around. <laughs> oh, I was. He looked down. I was like, ooh. No, that's not it. So that's my honorable mention. But yeah. So you think they're not shit, or you think they're dope shit? I don't think they're ish. Yeah, I don't think they're anything. I don't think they have mm. nothing going on. I don't think it's mm. nothing happening for it. Hmm. <laughs> Mm, now you gotta say why because they are the <laughs> baddest they are the baddest cups right now you know you could fit a whole bottle of chardonnay in a stand <laughs> oh. i just think like i i think um i think in terms of like just i don't know i don't know i it's just i think seeing them in the most awkward places where it's like at the gas station and somebody has it on top of their car or at the gym and somebody puts it in the i'm just like why are these big cups like just everywhere maybe it's because they feel like a trend and not a brand like there's no real yeah. identity behind it it's just yeah everybody wants it but mm. people can't necessarily articulate why why they I want it yeah, like it's 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 a trend. Like we know that it's going to die down at some point. And for you, who's a seasoned marketer, this doesn't this just doesn't align with your values. <laughs> yeah, and also dying down is interesting because they also started hiring a ton of marketing positions. So shout out to them. They want to capitalize off of the TikTok trend. But um, yeah, very interesting. Too little, too late. Too little, too late. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we'll see. We'll see if we'll see if people are going to the parks with picnics and Stanley Cups and bottles. <laughs> if it if it don't translate to that, then I don't know. I don't know. We'll take it day by day. So yeah, that's my list. That was fun. I appreciate I that. that. I love that we gave you a platform to uh to bush ups. <laughs> that is <laughs> listen. Everybody, look, that's what I love about this podcast anyways. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. So, yeah. You were founded on the premise of bussing all the shots. Um, <laughs> this is what we come here for. But speaking of being founded on premises, you have founded a podcast that I would say has been has been a wonderful evolution of having thought leadership platforms in advertising, particularly coming from those of us who um, are not traditionally, or at least, you know, don't worry about my recent past, my past past are not traditionally coming out of the DEI space, who actually work on the ground, who understand the process, who have an affinity for marketing and the creative process and how this business actually works by founding mm -hmm. a dose of black joy and caffeine 
Adu, you have done so well over the years and you've, you've built this platform and it is wonderful to see you rise. And so we want to talk about that. We want to see how it's been going, how we got here and where you headed to. Is that okay? Um, I think Adu is one of the hardest working men in, in advertising because you're on season eight and you started in 2020 and we're we're trying to figure out how. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Black Joy don't take you that far that quick. Mm -mm. <laughs> Black Joy be having me ready to go back to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's... um. It, it it I mean it is the it is the caffeine I mean I think um, I think it's the people that really fuel it and also too I think it's my love for us and seeing that we and seeing that we exist you know um, so there's never an excuse about what doesn't exist when there's 150 plus dope black people that you know um, are thriving you know within this industry so. Um, yeah, to be to be to be in season eight is amazing. And like when I actually when I first got started, I didn't have seasons, but um, I feel like around season two is when I realized I'm actually trying to tell a story. Um, and, you know, I never even I you know, I. I never talked about this and I, you know, let's I, talk about it now, because I what I want to know <laughs> is your inspiration, how I like. Like even the title and how mm -hmm. you got here. Tell us about that narrative, that story, how you got there. Tell us the origin story, if you will. Yeah. So the origin story of a dose of black joy and caffeine was because during 2020, I felt like those were the only two things that were keeping me going um, was black joy and literally coffee. Like I'm being just serious about how much coffee I was drinking. That was whether that was doing projects. I think we were working a lot. I think that that was also uh, my family, friends, um, you know, you all, you know, ad color, everyone, like that was the black joy. But when I created the podcast, it was also a time where I saw so many of us, when you think about, you know, a lot of industry leaders such as the Bozeman St. John or Tiffany R. Warren, or just a lot of, you know, familiar names, they were being tapped by publications and it felt like the publications and the PR and comms during this time were just talking about black trauma. Like they were going straight into it. And it was, it was a little cringy to see these individuals that I know and that I love on a personal level be dehumanized. It was almost like, let's just talk about trauma. You know, like, let's just dive into it. Let's dive into it without giving any background into what they are, who they are, what they accomplish and what they actually need. So I wanted to take a step back and just say, well, let me, you know, create a dose of black joy and caffeine. And um, it started off by me wanting to still talk about marketing while talking about things that bring people joy. Um, but it definitely has evolved since um, early stages. I mean, if you listen to episode one, ooh, <laughs> that was fun. It's called growth. Growth. <laughs> yeah, growth. Yes. So how do you curate those discussions that prioritize positivity, right? Cuz you cuz cuz what you're saying is 100% right and and this herein lies like the difficulty of that balance. It's the middle of 2020 and there are some people who were who were literally if you did not address the trauma that was on our 3 to 4 to 5 inch phone screens they were saying that you are not supporters of black people in this business. Mm -hmm. You, however, are saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Before we start to talk about all of that, there's some good things going on in black ad, black marketing life too. So how do you curate discussions and what's the importance of you curate, curating discussions that focus on the, cel the celebration of, yeah. of, of black joy as opposed to just diving right into that trauma? Yeah, well, let me first say this too, that we are we are today one of the very few organizations that maintained our commitment to DE&I in 2020. You said a few? <laughs> There's two others. You said a few. You said a few. So let There's me say that. Let me say that. I, I think very less than that, but go ahead. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm being very, I'm being sarcastic there for sure. But yeah, you know, so I, I wanted to go on record. But I, I think the makeup of the show is me, you know, when we talk about joy, it's me focusing on not who those individuals are at that moment, but it's who they were. And so when I talk about who they were, it's really tapping into everything that's a makeup of who those individuals were. I love diving in deep you know, when it comes to uh, the guests that we have on, you know, really tapping into understanding like you, for instance, you know, what was it like growing up in Philadelphia, diving into and, you know, so many different things, because I think that that's the joy that also through this hustle and bustle of advertising, marketing, AI, tech, PR, um, the, the titles and what this industry is. I think is all everything that we're working towards for our livelihood, but it's really not who we are. And I think um, even on season eight, we just had Lewis Carr on, who is um, president of sales for BET. And we talked about him being a track runner, you know? And I think that so much of him being a track star is really, a, 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 it shows the, the, the endurance that he has within the industry. So on the podcast, it's really focusing on who the individuals were, not who they are right now, because I think who people were is the foundation of such joyous memories, you know, in their life. What are one or two um, of those moments where the Black joy was just so notice notable that you want to like highlight or celebrate, like that, that stick with you that you want to everyone to know about? Oh, with me personally or with the guests that has come on? With the guests, like a moment that is... Oh! And I would say a moment that made you go, oh shit, this is why I do this. Like, this is why I continue... Eight eight seasons is a lot. I'm I believe you're well over like a hundred interviews at this point, right? So like, what is a moment that made you go, yeah, this is this is why I do it. This is what I want to keep spreading, uh, within the industry because it personifies Black joy and caffeine. Yeah, oh man, I think um I, there are a few episodes that come to mind. I mean, all of them are great for their own reasons, but I would have to say. <clears throat> I would have to say episode one. I would have to say episode one, which was with Adrian Octavius Walker. Um, he is an amazing photographer. But I think the reason why is because that conversation really allowed me to understand the potential of the podcast. So I think episode one comes to mind. Um, also, too, when I think about Black Joy, he was talking about his life and things that he that he was doing, things that were actually, you know, during that time, making him feel very, very um, just like satisfied within his life. And we were also able to talk about building blocks in his life while still talking about the industry. So that's one that comes to mind. I think another one that comes to mind is uh, certainly Bozeman St. John, who is, you know, uh, a, a great friend. But I think from the standpoint of all of the elements that were happening during that time, I think that was the time where, you know, she was just venturing off from leaving um, Netflix and, you know, starting that. But I think she, it, it, it might've been within that same week. Um, and so to be honest, I, you know, I think when there's transitions or different things happening, you never know, um, you know, people are even going to show up on the podcast and it was great that she still showed up. So it's like, if she could show up, you know, for me in this podcast, I could show up for everybody every single day to really encourage them. And then the other one that I would have to say is, um, geez, I would say Ashley McGowan, actually. I think Ashley McGowan, once again, that was on the first season, but she really um, dived into the heart of Chicago, the makeup of Chicago, and how that was really the foundation of um, everything that she, you know, she, she loved about her life, but it also... It also talked about how you don't have to move for a particular job uh, based on the location, uh, but you can really be rooted in your hometown, love what you do, love your family, love your hometown while still pursuing your career. So it's that joy that I think was often talked about. But those those three always come to mind. I see he didn't mention you or me, Simi, and so I don't even Oh, no! Oh, my God! <laughs> they were also on the podcast! Oh, my God! I felt like, I felt like that's too easy uh -huh. to do here. But I'm, yeah. just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, I, I, I love that you bring that up. And, and I think, you know, you've named some really heavy hitters. You've had some fantastic guests on your show. And I think that that speaks to your level of visibility in the industry as well. 
Um, oh, you know, you. as you know, Simeon said, we have a celebrity no. on the show. Okay, no. you've been recognized as Ad Ages Forty Under Forty honoree. You were also a nominee for Ad Colors Influencer Award last year. Um, and these are both very significant achievements. Um, from our own experience, from my own personal experience, also sometimes the the having a platform of where you get to be a thought leader in a space that you've in a safe space that you've created for yourself and for others can be perceived as can make you be perceived as like a talking head or it can be perceived as like a throwaway kind of thing and like somebody who's just garnering for 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 attention when in reality giving voice to a lot of the seen and unseen that we experience in the industry is, is is actually a really big deal and has a lot of power. And so I'd like to get a sense from you how you feel that your accolades and your influence and your approach to hosting a podcast that's rooted in the joy of Blackness for those of us in marketing, um, how how does this impact the industry and the, and the world um, of advertising and marketing as, as you see it today? Yeah. <clears throat> well, let me let me first say this. I love that question um, that um, in terms of like talking head or attention, I am I'm telling a story. I think that that's the biggest thing right now. I'm telling a story. I know what season I'm actually going to end the podcast. Like I think everything has a beginning and an end. Yeah, I did, never mentioned that. But yeah, I, I know what season I'm going to end it. Um, I don't think that there, I, I think that, you know, when you, when you've told a story and you actually have the guest there, then it's like, okay, it's time to end it. So that is, that's, that's coming. Um, <clears throat> but I think in terms of overall impact, it's really acknowledging first and foremost, the talent that is out there, the talent that is in the industry and also the talent that is capable. I can't think about all of, I can't help but to think about all of the people that have been on the podcast. Black people, knowledgeable, degrees, some without degrees, artists, but then think about all of the other HR people operations individuals that are constantly saying that they don't exist or this is why. Don't get me started on that, but keep going. They did, yeah, that, they, that this is that they don't exist and this is why they didn't get the job. So my so the the podcast is a very subtle forget you, you know that I don't, I don't care what you're saying, I know that these individuals exist and here's where they are. And I think to also really talk about out loud different problems that we're facing as a community, as a Black community. I always say that every single season, you can understand what's happening with the industry based on the doses that everyone is saying because that always changes. Every episode I ask people, well, what would you like to give people a dose of? And sometimes those doses are so consistent where people say we need reassurance or we need more money or like, like you know, like it always comes something or, or you know what, we need rest. Or sometimes, you know what, we need joy. And I'm like, okay, maybe things are kind of settled here in the landscape. Let me, maybe I should be outside a little bit more often. But I think in terms of adding value to the community, it's really, adding value by allowing individuals to see themselves and others when we think about a younger generation that's coming up in the industry. Um, and I think the other value is for it to hopefully be um, a talent pool, um, you know, for people operations and HR, and also a place to research uh, different individuals, which I've seen um, brands as well as companies hire um, photographers as well as other people that have been on the podcast. So that's nice. But Yes, I do have a timeline. I do have a season that the podcast will be ending. And um, that's the end of that chapter because outside of this, I have a complete nine to five. And I think it's no, I have not been around the bush around, you know, my also my personal career goals too, which is I want to be a, you know, a CMO. And so that's something that I have to work towards uh, day by day. So, yeah. What are um because you've already had 50 11 people on your podcast and as you were saying you, you said, <laughs> <laughs> but you could really start his own LinkedIn if you really look <laughs> y'all are so silly. It is what it is. And so you've been you've been collecting all of these uh, an industry griot, if you will, right? You've been collecting all of these stories, and I would imagine that 
there have been so many lessons or gems that have been dropped that you're like, okay, these are gems that are sticking with me that I utilize in my personal life, that I utilize in my job. Um, what are some of those gems that you're like, you know what, this is this is wisdom that is going to stick with me for the rest of my existence that I want to share with other people? Ooh. <laughs> I guess on the mixed pump, mixed company uh you know podcast you could bring it um so the first gem the first gem i don't know if it's as much of a gem as a, a harsh reality or something that hurts um mm. but i would have to say that this industry does not care about black people this, this is a place to say i can't it. lie the first the, the the moment there's a difference between knowing it and knowing it and knowing it yeah know it know it it does hurt. Yeah, yeah. That 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 is the first gem, and the reason why I say that gem is because it's consistent every single episode. Where I'm just like, it, it it doesn't go away. Even the person that starts off the most joyous. So I think that that's a gem that comes to mind. I think the other thing too is staying in your lane and staying the course. That is the other thing. Some of the most talented and brilliant individuals that have come on the podcast, they stayed in their lane and stayed the course. And that that's also been motivational and helpful for me because we see so much. But I think that that is one that really comes to mind. And I think the other thing that I would say is just equity, really asking and knowing your worth and what you're getting. So I would have to say those three things, really understanding that this industry does not care. They're not there yet. It's going to take a lot, a whole lot, even probably when I'm eight, 10 feet, eight feet down, six feet down, whatever that looks like where it's still happening. Um, and then I say staying in your lane, staying focused, because, you know, I always say when you try to go into too many lanes, it's just like you're actually getting more distracted. So that was always great. And then the last one is just really equity, making sure that you are being paid your worth and that you're getting what, you know, you deserve to. Mm. I think it's so interesting that you 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 bring that up um on the first day of Black History Month in 2024. I know, I know. <laughs> it just worked out like that. I was like, Simeon, like we're literally gonna have to release this like today so that the relevance stays fire. But <laughs> it's it's just interesting that you bring that up because we're in this space where there are actually a lot. There were a lot of people, 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 places, things, businesses, all of it, gaslighting yes. and hire a cohort of professionals to believe that, yeah, no, 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 we've changed. Oh, my gosh. This is like, you know, no shade, shade. But this was love, what's love got to do with it. Like, this is this is literally a really bad lifetime love movie about and it's a toxic, abusive unloving relationship with black culture with black yeah. professionals with black yeah. people and can I, I say just really quickly too yeah, I, have, it up. I have i have lost no i have lost opportunities because of the podcast and that's, that's an offline conversation but we can talk about that but yeah um, i don't I, I don't i believe that wholeheartedly yeah. I, I believe I mean, that the closer you get to the i truth, got draymond behind me i feel like draymond y'all gonna get this podcast i don't care <laughs> y'all won't get it but I, I i think it's just really i i i'm not happy to hear you say that but it is validating for us on a podcast where you know when we started it was because our own situations were were shitty um mm -hmm. in the workplace and and really working with people and it's not and it's not just white people to black people and let's be clear about that but it is the culture of the industry and what is seen as worthy and valuable and smart and and what what does it look like to be you know to have executive presence is really rooted in a very old white supremacy point of view where so many of us and a lot of the people that you've talked to or do they've had to figure out how to overcome that and it and it it's always painful to see that and for you to continue to doing season after season after season knowing that you're going to get people that tell these very similar stories and that is is recorded somewhere on social media on the podcast and wherever you can get your dose of black joy and 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 caffeine 
that me that keeps it real and that makes it a lot harder to gaslight this next uh this next cohort of black professionals that come into the industry and so i commend you for continuing to make sure that those stories are real and not watered down because this industry will throw up a black square create a black brg and set up a black diversity equity and inclusion leader in a heartbeat to try to tell you that you're wrong but everybody else that has stepped foot in this industry for longer than five seconds will tell you that they've had very similar experiences for sure. And, and I would actually commend all of us on this call because the fact that we're doing this, I think sometimes we kind of, because we, we live and exist in communities that are, they're rich, right? Like they're rich in community. We have ad color. We have, we're in New York, you're in, in the Bay, but there are people in the middle of the country who are in this industry who don't mm. have a community. And so for you to, and for all of us on this, on this call to validate those stories that they're living through and they probably feel like they're going crazy because that's what gaslighting does. Yes. Um, for them to have this as a resource, I think the the impact of that is is priceless, right? Because now when whenever they come across your your podcast or our podcast and they hear something that's extremely relevant to their story, they know that they're not alone. They know that they're not crazy, but they're also getting that sense of community from a distance, which I mean, there's we just need it. Like we can't exist within within this space without having community because if you don't like it will just push you out and it will drive you crazy and when when they talk about not seeing uh, a lot of black people within this industry what they don't talk about is the people that were here that left because they were traumatized from their experiences i think you know what you do yes it's a podcast yes it's content but on a on a deeper level i think that people need it in order to basically survive yeah Thank you. I appreciate that. And I hope and I, I think it's helping even senior level individuals, black individuals, you know, within the industry to where, you know, you can also find out a lot about what to expect. You know, I think having that junior level mindset looks completely different about what gaslighting looks like versus as you continue to, you know, climb this quote unquote corporate ladder. It looks so like $10 million a year it looks like it looks like look at all of the first black whatevers we've hired yeah yeah years later that's yeah. Yeah. the first thing that's about you mentioning the the older senior people i remember when we first started this podcast we were getting a lot of side eyes yeah. um and their temperature toward the podcast, or I would say there have been temperatures toward the podcast that have softened and, and warmed up. And one of the things that I've noticed over the last year or two or last couple of years is the the increase in people in older generations who are now uh, changing their tone. They're sick um, of the shit. They're sick of the shit, right? But I've seen more and more change their oh, but tone. Was, that's, a, that's, a big, that's a big shot, actually. Yeah. What? what? That's a big shot that you just took. Yeah, they, they've softened up. There are a lot more people who oh. are open to speak, more openly speaking about their experiences, more mm -hmm. openly talking about how they deserve to be treated more. And I and and to be clear, because I know you said one hundred and fifty, you have you have interviewed executive level talent yeah. across the board. You, whenever, when we're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and we're talking about all of these pipelines that these HR chief people officers down to the chief talent acquisition officers, down to the head of talent acquisition, down to college recruiting, will tell you, well, we have to start at the junior level. Yeah. That junior level have the shortest tenure in the business. And so they cycle in and out. You literally have found nearly 200, because I, I know you're working on a new season, but nearly 200 folks who have had 10 plus years in the business, 25 yeah. years in the business, like real institutional contextual knowledge of creativity and culture at its intersection where people, where these same people that you're talking about, and I have like six in mind that I'm busting a shot at, 
and I know they that they slow and they're not going to catch it. So it is what it is. And I hope they hear it one day and they know I'm talking to them. But that will sit there and tell you to your face that, well, you're right. It's not that we can't find them. But I just don't think I can get them hired. This right. industry is so lucky that everyone who has stayed in a role far too long hasn't gone off and started their own company, their own agency, that there is not an adjacent black advertising industry like a black the way black wall street in oklahoma was kind of mimicking the mm -hmm. the wall street and the main street of the they, they are so lucky yeah that our black executives haven't gone off and started their own entire industry it would cripple the talent first of all it'd be more fun to work at and so everybody would be working there Second of all, it would it would win far more awards because what are they doing constantly anyway besides stealing black trauma and making creative out of it and mm -hmm. submitting it for can lions and talking about oh we we care about this community yeah. when in reality you just wanted the award. They're mm -hmm. so lucky. And so I always appreciate the level of talent that you bring to the table. Thank you. I, 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 more than interns. I, I, well, listen, I appreciate that, but it has certainly uh, been harder season over season um, to bring on that talent. Um, and I don't know if that is the, the content or the visibility, but I know first starting off, I did not get as many, hey, my boss needs to see this. Hey, check this, that. So like I said, I can always tell, I can always tell the sentiment of the industry based on the guests and what's happening because, you know, I would say the last three seasons, there have been multiple guests, which like, I understand it, but I also think that, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, is your manager trying to reduce your visibility and you having that um, industry, you know, leading voice out there? Why do they want to see it now? Or why are we editing and why are we doing this? Or, Not you know, the manager. It's, it's, a, it's a it's a head of it's a head of communications who's trying to yeah. minimize who's trying to minimize yeah. uh, what people know about what's happening on the insides. It's the it's a it's a head of marketing that might yeah. be during it. It's a CEO. It's a it's a jealous chief diversity yeah. officer that doesn't want people yeah. out there getting more awards and accolades than they are. Listen, it could be anybody. No. It, it, I mean, these last um, two seasons, you all, it has been very rough to actually get guests on now because that's what, but first season, first couple of seasons, it, we will come on in, let's, hey, hey, you know, we were all, we were toasting, we had to, I had a theme song going, uh, but now it's like, oh, okay, it's, and you persist, and you yeah. persist, and I, and, and for us, that is what we champion is continuing to, to allow there to be space for truth and honesty and for people to tell, to name themselves. So many times in this industry, you know, our labels are bestowed upon us. And I think it's so important for us as marketers to name ourselves, to define ourselves, to give ourselves our own values, to make sure that we're clear. I know that I know that X, Y, and Z thinks that I'm only good in this part of the industry, but baby, I do a, B, C, G, E, F, L, M, N, O, P. I do it all. And so I love that you also create space for that. And I, and I, I hope that there are more spaces like this that evolve because like me and Simeon already told you, we tired and you talking about, you know, when your podcast is ending. So somebody need to carry up and get to it. <laughs> Who else wants to tell the story? <laughs> I mean, I will yeah. say it's like hearing you talk about um, the reservations of getting on your podcast just stirred up an emotion in me where it's like Black Joy, they see Black Joy as revolutionary, right? For you to create a space for people to actually celebrate being happy and, and enjoying life and talking about the great things in life for them to have that apprehension to letting their employees come on feels like it feels good it feels bad but it feels good it feels like you're doing something that is right because usually whenever two or three black people are gathered we're either loitering or we're doing something amazing right and so i feel like you're leaning into the space of bringing people together where they're doing something amazing and i think that scares people certain people and sometimes yeah. loitering and great things happen all in the, the same, same time, time. <laughs> that's usually my favorite space like that is the eye of the storm 
Um, but Adu, we know we've been talking for a while and you are a busy man who has to take these arms somewhere else to be seen, I'm sure. <laughs> these are not gray sweatshirts, indoor arms. These are outside arms and you've got your, shout out to the book Unseen, by the way, I see behind you, I have it. And it is one of my favorite books Love as well. I see you've got Marvin Gaye, what's going on. You are a cultured man and who has many things to do. And so I guess I'd love to end with tell people who may not know, hope I'm sure everybody knows, but for those who don't know, how do they get a hold of you? How do they listen to the podcast? What's the tea? Yes. So the podcast, we are in season eight of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. So you can go ahead and listen to it across all streaming podcast platforms. Uh, Spotify is preferred. Um, and then also too, Adu Adu um, on LinkedIn. That's fine. You can definitely slide into my DMs. Just let me know that, you know, you heard about the podcast, uh, you know, from Mixed Company. Um, but yeah, that's where they can find me. And, you know, once again, like seriously to the both of y'all, it's, um, I, I love the work that that y'all are doing and I appreciate being on and just the humans that you all are. Trust me, I I, I think it's the unseen as, you know, quoted <laughs> right here that I, I think I always love because I, I already know what goes into so many of the different things that you all are probably having to face or deal with. So shout out to the both of y'all. Thanks for having me on. And I can't wait to get to New York and have a meal and a drink with y'all. Well, I heard you already had that with Simeon, so maybe. Oh I'll yeah, <laughs> that was the best night of my yes. life. Damn, the whole life. Oh, yes. Yeah. Listen, I'm a good time. It was a moment <laughs> time. We, I mean, that was a mo it was a moment. It was a moment. We kept it going. Where were you? you? Where were you? We okay. Well, that's all. Not on the invite. Not on the invite. Didn't get the call or the text. Go ahead. Keep asking questions because I got the answers. <laughs> all good. Thank you so much. May may the universe bless you with all of the black joy and the caffeine. For those of you listening, same to you. Happy Black History Month. There will be more shots fired throughout the month. Um, we just happy Black History Month. Happy Black People Month. Globally. Globally. Everywhere. Y'all peace out. Bye-bye. Bring out the bring out those arms. Y'all pull out dumb arms. <laughs> it's cold on the East Coast, I do. <laughs>